Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode three of my book release countdown, the podcast. This episode is titled Breaking Toxic Cycles, and I will be discussing with my special guest, Monet Davis, um, different experience that we both have gone through dealing in domestic violence relationships, um, how long we stayed, why we stayed, different things that we went through, also dealing with the emotional aftermath um, and going through those things, usually having people around you who don't really understand whether family or friends going through self-sabotage, dealing with triggers, and finally finding healing from within. Now, I just want to give a disclaimer. There are some audio issues that I've been working on trying to resolve for the past week, and I haven't been able to do it, but I wanted to get this out because it is a very needed conversation, especially October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and I think it's important to get this message out. So hopefully the background music is able to soothe those things, but if you're here for the message, you'll get the message. So thank you for tuning in. Hello, good morning. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for inviting me. And um, like you said, I know we didn't get a chance to really introduce ourselves. Um, so my name is Monet. Um, a lot of people do know me by Lexani. Um, but of course, for the purposes of this recording, I definitely want people to hear my story. So know me by who it was that went through it. So Monet is my name and I am excited to be a part of this. Thank you. Um, So we're gonna dive right in. Um, First, tell us who you are and a little bit about what you do and what you promote. Okay, so um, again, like I said, my name is Monique Davis. I am a um, therapist. Um, I also am a domestic violence advocate. Anything pertaining to mental health, I am very big on helping um, the person to see the things that may be stopping and preventing them from progressing and excelling in life as it pertains to the mental. Um, At one point in time, I was doing, um, I was also radio personality, which is where, like I said, the name Lexani comes up and a lot of people knows me by. Um, And even then, my biggest thing was just like I said, promoting mental health awareness. Okay, awesome. Um, So this topic is domestic violence and breaking toxic cycles and just scrolling hashtags on instagram that's how i ran into your profile and i see that you promote um like you said a lot of mental health and breaking mental bondages and kind of move, shifting from one place to another place for a better outcome in life which i definitely appreciate um so speaking of domestic violence did you have any experience in your past before what you dealt with, uh, maybe childhood trauma or abuse, or were you a witness to domestic violence? Is that something that was generational to you? Yes, it definitely was very generational. Um, I witnessed my parents go through it. Um, so that definitely kind of made me feel like it was normal in a sense. Yeah, same. So I noticed that a lot of people that I talked to whether men or women who have experienced domestic violence, whether they were the victim 
or whether they were the attacker in those situations, they experienced domestic, domestic violence in childhood. As I had to, um, I witnessed my parents go through similar situations. So um, with your story, how did it start? Um, how long did you stay? And what was your last job in this situation? Woo, that's a handful. So honestly, in my situation, it wasn't just one situation. Um, it was a repeated cycle of me getting into relationship after relationship um, and it being domestic violence in, in those relationships at the time back to back. Again, because like I said, I witnessed my parents go through it. I kind of thought that it was something that was normal in relationships and all relationships went through it. So I would say the very first time that I experienced it, I was young. Um, I actually had a kid very young out of one of um, my first situation that I was in experiencing domestic violence. I was about, um, I had also when I was about 16, so 15, 16 in this relationship. Um, and it was really bad. Um, I was with somewhere where, of course, in the beginning, it doesn't always, it's not like that. It seems like you have the perfect person. They really care about you. They get you to open up and express your fears and the things that you never want to go through. And then it was like, you know, over time, it was like, boom, it was used against me. Um, and when I was in this situation, of course, being 15, 16, experiencing domestic violence at this point, it wasn't the domestic violence is domestic violence, but it wasn't just the um, hitting here and there. It was really bad. Um, I ended up in the hospital. Um, I was like being like held outside of cars while the cars was moving. Um, it got to a point to where when the police came out one of the last times, and this is how I got out of it, when they came out the last time, it was no questions asked. Once they opened the door and saw me, they immediately told me right then and there, this case will no longer be you versus this person. It will be this person versus the state. So at this point, we're letting you know because of how bad it was and how I look, um, that you don't have to worry about being scared or you know changing your mind about not wanting to press charges. This is going to be the state versus that person, and he actually ended up going and doing a year um, in prison behind it. So that's how I got out of that situation. Um, I can't say that it was because I necessarily was done with him. Honestly, I still felt like I loved him, but it was more so him going off to jail that got me out of that situation. Oh, wow. So how long were you with this person? Um, so while this was going on, we were probably together. Like I said, I did have a child out of it. So we were together, um, I would say maybe like a year or two before he went to jail. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm glad that you got out of that. Um, so I was looking up some facts here about domestic violence. And um, I know you said that you went through something pretty traumatic. As You know, I've had weapons pulled out on me before. Um, I've had injuries where, where I had to get stitches in my face. And I hid it from my family for so long, even though there were some family members who kind of knew but because I wasn't, you know, revealing it to them and being honest with them, they just were like, you know, in her time, she's going to let us know. And eventually I did. But when I look at these facts about, you know, even when weapons are involved, it increases the chance of homicide by 500%. 
and you know children being witnesses to situations like this eyewitnesses those were the things that kind of pulled me out and then I also have a son so just having him be present even if he wasn't totally aware and just having that energy around him of rage and jealousy and insecurity and violence is um, what kind of pushed me out of that space so I do definitely get it um um, during the breakup, I know you said he went away for a year. What were the different emotions that you felt? Um, honestly, when he was away, um, it was a relief, you know, because it was like, hey, I'm not getting abused. But because I still felt like I loved him, honestly, during that time, another man came into the picture. Um, and he helped me as far as kind of, you know, making me feel better about not having someone like that in my life but because I can't say I took the proper steps to really physically heal from that situation and it was more so he was just taking it away from me I was relieved that I wasn't going through it but there were times where I still felt like I missed him there were times where you know he reached out and I responded and there was even you know a time where when he got out um, I looked forward for him, to him getting out and I was you know communicating with him while I was still in with um, the guy at the time who was kind of trying to help me to realize that that wasn't good for me. So it definitely put me in a mind state to where it was just like, no matter what was in my face that seemed like it was good at the time, I did not properly get the help in that situation to understand that it was not right. So in my mind, I felt like he loved me and that was just his way of showing me that he loved me. So I didn't really get over him while he was gone. And when he got out, I was looking for him when he got out to, to come back and for us to still be together. Right. Yeah, I definitely can um, agree to feeling those same ways. And then also you touched on something. A lot of women, especially, you know, when we're young, we hear that, oh, if they don't act crazy about you or express, you know, this intense emotion towards you, then they don't love you. And that's not true, even though so many people believe that. Rage is never healthy, especially directed at someone you love. Jealousy is never healthy. Well, jealousy can be healthy, but when it starts to be expressed in anger and insecurity and being controlling, that is never healthy. So I want all the ladies and men out there, if you are experiencing that, that's not healthy. Like it seems cute and like somebody really loves you and it kind of strokes your ego at the beginning, but that's not a healthy type of love. Um, so yeah, I, I can attest to all of that. The different emotions that I felt after losing my domestic violence situation was, like you said, it's just a familiar attachment, I think. And when you are with someone so intimately, it's hard to kind of sever from that, even though you know it's no good for you. Um, so it did take me, the person I was with, I was with him for a little over five years. So it did take me about a year to kind of really rid myself of those feelings of, you know, maybe it could be better. Maybe if he gets this type of help or if this happens, we could still move on into this hope that I have for us. Um, but once I touched reality, and it was like, hey, you know, you can't change people and you have to move forward toward what you want. That kind of just shifted me mentally and everything else started to follow. Right. Um, so how long ago was that relationship? So, like I said, I was um, 15, 16. I am now 29. I'll be 30 in December. So that was years ago, of course. That wasn't, like I said, my only one. 
I did like you end up getting in um, to another situation and with that relationship I actually was in that relationship for like you said um, about maybe five years too um, and that one was really bad um, the first one was bad but that one was you know bad as well so um, I would say in between those times let's see it probably it probably was a couple years difference in between those two relationships but even in the middle of that I still found myself falling back into the bad habit of getting into relationships that um, there was some type of domestic violence in play. So it okay. went on for years. It wasn't something that happened and it stopped. I didn't really fully learn from those experiences um, in a matter of, you know, I know with you, like you said, it took you a year. For me, it it was literally over five, six, seven probably eight years it took a very long time for me to learn because what I also had to realize that a lot of people don't realize is one you have to love yourself but how do you know what self-love is or how do you love yourself if you've never been properly shown how to love yourself so the cycle can go on and on no matter how many times you get hurt if you don't know how to love yourself if you're not getting the help to be able to to understand what self-love is and why you shouldn't accept something like that right yeah, very true. So um, I want to clarify because it did take a year, but that was after the last straw. I was kind of in that cycle with that same person for about eight years. And I think eventually when you're going through those things, um, either you can become numb or you, you start to learn lessons and then you go back because you didn't learn everything that you were supposed to learn. And then finally you come out on the other side. But there are some women and men who unfortunately don't have that outcome they they don't make it to that other side you know for whatever reason either mentally even physically um through domestic violence homicide and mental illness and depression and ptsd and all of those things and i do feel like um, even now i have to catch myself being triggered by certain things and having to realize like you're not in that space anymore those things don't have to trigger you so is that something that you experienced when you were moving out of um, those toxic cycles? Definitely. Um, and, and I always tell everybody, anytime that you feel triggered, it is, you know, something within you that, that is calling for attention in that area. Um, so I definitely were triggered by when I was moving on and getting into relationships. And this actually probably affected a lot of relationships that were positive. Um, it could be the smallest thing of you not showing me enough attention or you not calling me and it would trigger me and cause me to think back to the, those situations where I was um, experiencing domestic violence because I remember those were some of the treatments that I was receiving in those relationships. So um, I would get triggered by a lot of different things. And of course, for somebody who don't understand what you've been through, they feel like you're overreacting. Um, and it can actually cause problems um, within relationships that you are trying to move forward with and that is positive for you. So I definitely did. Yeah, that's good. So um, I know we're talking a lot about physical abuse. Were there any other types of abuse that you experienced in your relationships? I know I dealt with kind of financial abuse being, you know, he was very controlling over money and how we spent our money and how it was going to be used. And then emotional abuse, just, you know, playing on self-esteem issues or different vulnerabilities that I had 
told him about, whether family or just internal? So were there any other types of abuse that you dealt with? Of course, definitely it went beyond physical abuse. There was mental and emotional abuse that was present as well. Um, as far as on the mental aspect, um, the same person who you love and who at one point probably made you feel like you were the beautiful woman or girl in his eyes later on will come back and tear you down and make you feel like you're ugly, which is what I experienced. Um, financial too, as like you said, um, was a big, big thing because it was just like breaking a person down to the point to where you don't have anybody to depend on but them and it may be due to you of course like you mentioned we have family who may be there to support us but we keep running back to the same situations but making you making you feel like that they're the only person that you can really depend on so financially um it would be to where i remember one time and this wasn't the same situation that i expressed to you the first time this was the one after but I remember him literally, you know, putting sugar and oil and all types of stuff in my tank um, on purpose, you know, because he knew at that time I was really trying to break away from him. Um, and when I woke up and experienced everything, which to me, I was so upset because it was me and my children in the car. And it was like, you know, anything could have happened. The car could have blew up. But to him, it was, I know you're going to call me because you don't have the money to fix it and you're going to need a car. And true enough, of course, I called because it was like, I need a car. I have to get around to work. I have these kids. So that was his way of keeping me leaning on him. He would do things like that all the time just to make me financially have to depend on him. So it was a lot. It was yeah. definitely a lot. I would say financial. I would say, of course, you know, mentally and emotionally breaking me down, making me feel like I would never find anybody better. Um, like I was too ugly to you know even have anybody consider even being with me and you believe it because at one point this was the person you fell in love with so it's like this must be true yeah and they're so close to you you know that is true very intimate relationships they just have more power you know, if a stranger calls you ugly on the street you're not going to worry about right. it if they say you know you're not worth this you're not going to worry about that but somebody who you share you know your soul with basically and for them to come at you that way, it does take a total on you and emotionally. So, yeah, definitely, I can relate to that. Um, so, now, I see from your social media profile that you're in a better place. Do you have a tribe who covers and just, you know, holds you accountable in different ways and just checks on you and supports you where you need it? Um, definitely. Now, my family is a support. Um, I do have, you know, some friends, too. But again, you know, honestly, I feel like me getting to a better place was me deciding to finally say I have to work on my stuff. I have to figure out why Why do I keep ending up in these same cycles, um, doing the research myself. Of course, you know, with the profession that I'm in, you study, you learn more too. So I would say a lot of my support came from within. Um, I do have family, like I said, but a lot of the times family don't really understand. So they put a lot of pressure on you. Um, and as far as friends, I can't say that friends are always the best in situations like that because there were times where my friends would call me stupid and tell me, you know, bash me just like 
the person that I was with was bashing me. So, of course, it does not make you feel good because it's like I'm already experiencing this at home. I don't need to hear from you how stupid I am or, you know, I'm doing this to myself and you're yelling at me. A lot of times people don't realize that to get a person out of a domestic violence situation, you have to support them and encourage them. No matter if you feel like they're being dumb, no matter if you feel like, you know, they can do better. They don't see that. So in that moment, you know, encouraging words helps out a lot. Letting them know that, hey, I know you love them, but you can do better and I'm here. And even if you do decide to stay in this moment, I'm still here and I'm going to help you in any way I can. Pushes a person out of the situation. So a lot of me um, improving and getting better, I would say, came from me. I am very cautious about who I have around me now because a lot of people still don't understand what domestic violence or what a lot of us women go through. So they still have their opinions about you know why I went through it or if it was my fault or maybe I obviously loved it or I wanted to be in it so I do have you know some friends in my corner who I feel like are very supportive um, of things but there was also a lot of people who I had to let go and the same thing with family as well yeah and that's that's not always a bad thing even though sometimes that kind of hurts your feelings too because you love on those people and to know that they are not assisting or um kind of hindering your growth and moving away from a certain space sometimes you have to sever those relationships as well so I I've experienced that I can say that I do have a pretty good tribe around me friends and family who have supported me and encouraged me and loved on me through the process um, but then also like you said a lot of it I just had to process myself and I just needed space to kind of get through it even as I was married before um, my family kept asking me, hey, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Knowing everything that I had been through up until that point, And I just couldn't give an answer until I was actually ready to give an answer. You know what I mean? So finally, I was able to move away from that place. And when I gave that answer that, okay, now I'm ready to go file for divorce. And I'm ready to move on from this space. They just pushed me through it, asked if I needed any help with anything, you know. And if I needed time to myself, they were very understanding about that too, which I do appreciate. Um, so what else do I have for you? So I know that your social media platform is a platform for advocating for mental health and growth. And it's basically all rooted in good, which is very admirable. I do want to say that. Um, so what do you have coming up next? Is there anything that you are looking forward to or anything that you want to plug right now that you have going on? Um, thank you. So, yes, I, my biggest thing right now is reaching men and women um, all over and basically helping them to see that life can be different for them no matter where they're at in life, what they're going through. Um, it all starts within. So giving people, you know, the advice um, to be able to say, Hey, even if I don't want to sit in front of somebody, you know, a, a page and place to be able to go to and say if I need advice or I just need some inspiration, I can go here and I can get it. And it also helps me um, because truthfully, some people are not really ready to sit down with somebody. Some people can't sit down with people because of financial reasons. So um, my thing now is, of course, I want to continue to make people aware of domestic violence. I want to continue to make people aware of mental health and why it's important in bettering themselves. I mean, I feel like a lot of people's walk in life will become very different once they realize that the key to life literally lies within ourselves. Once we learn how to take control over our lives by the way we think, um, it changes the way we act um, and things start to align up according to that. So 
for me it is just attracting that attention to my page because i'm always trying to post inspirational things um and one day you know maybe taking it a step further um and hosting or doing events and stuff where people can kind of come and just have fun and also get that mental health um awareness information that they may need um so i have so many ideas but I think my biggest thing right now is just attracting people to my page. That way I can have the right audience um, and have the people who actually need the help there and then go from there with expanding. Okay. I'll be sure to um, promote your page because I went through it. Once I reached out to you, I went through it and I was like, this is a lot of good stuff. And I also was going to ask you if you would be interested in speaking at events or being on a panel because... I have a group of girls that, you know, we work on kind of women in entrepreneurship, but we also work on just women in health and wellness um, in totality. So that's mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical health, financial health, all of those good things. So I think that would be great, too. So I would love to um, communicate with you with those things outside of the Yes, I would definitely be interested in, in that. I would love to do that. Okay, great. Well, that's all. It's not that long today. I appreciate you taking time out of your Wednesday to share your story and your insight and your growth. I really do appreciate it. Is there anything else that you would want to leave the audience um, I definitely do. Of course, I know we weren't able to really go into depth because, as you and me both probably know, really going into depth with the domestic violence would take way longer than, you know, an hour out of a day. Um, so I just want to leave everybody with a couple facts um one being is though when we look at domestic violence as a whole there's more than 12 million women and men um over the course of a single year who experience it in the united states now when we break it down to here in north carolina ourselves um the there's a the number of clients that reach out in north carolina here as it pertains to domestic violence from 2018 to 2019, it was 60,301 clients who reached out in reference to domestic violence. And I want to leave that with people because that is a very high number when we think about it. Like we said, over 12 million in the United States, but breaking it down to our state in itself, within 20, 2018 and 2019, 60,301 is definitely a lot. So it's something that I really feel like people um don't really think of and they feel like it's something that they just really see on tv and hey they know it happens but they're not as aware to how often it happens i'm not sure if you did get to see the video that i did make on domestic violence um but that is on my page as well and my whole aim behind that was to show people that this is not tv this is real this actually happens here in our state itself you know in a year this is, this is what's going on. This is how many women, you know, is experiencing this. It's a lot. So I would definitely want to leave everybody with those facts, just so that way people really do understand that this is something where we are, we're not as educated about, and we don't really pay a lot of attention about, but it's real. It's not just something you see on TV. Yep, that's correct. And for more information, if you can plug your social media handles, um, all of the platforms that you have? Yes, I definitely will. So you can find me on Instagram at Lexani underscore love. That's L-E-X-A-N-I underscore L-O-V-E. Um, 
and I'm also on Facebook as Hey Lexani, and that's Hey with two Y's, H-E-Y-Y, then L-E-X-A-N-I. Um, and those are the only two that I'm really on right now. I am more heavily on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook as much, so if you're trying to keep up with a lot of the inspirational stuff, Instagram would be the best bet to keep up with me on. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Monet. And we are definitely going to keep in contact because I love Thank the you so much for having me. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon.